Fantasy Football Gems. You guys are tuning in to the Late Round Flyers, our latest episode. The one that we're going to tell you that, guess what? It is knocking time. That's right. Somebody is at the door and it is the playoffs. It is week 13 in the NFL, but in most NFL fantasy football leagues that are going on, if you have six people joining the playoffs over there for you, the playoffs are literally next week. This is the end of the road. But in case you only allow four people in the playoffs, then you're two weeks away from entering the playoffs and you still got a little bit of time. Maybe get you some stretches in there and try to get some uh, some extra W's towards the end of your season. But real quick, this show, it will be myself, RDA, and my boy Lance, the one and only because our boy Henry is currently saving the world. He's out in Paris visiting his people down there. Man, must be nice to have that kind of money. I wish we could be like that, but we'll get there one day. Until then, we will continue doing the late round flyer show here with you guys. So, Lance, how, how's it been the last couple of weeks, man? You know what? Fantasy football, obviously, we play ourselves. So, just talk to me how the last couple of weeks have been for you so far in your 1,000 leagues that you have. Uh, y- yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad to be back to talking to everybody, talking football. Um, yeah, and it's been crazy the last couple of weeks with that COVID game, Steelers, Ravens. I pretty much had made the decision early on. I was benching every person in that game so I didn't have to worry about having to even deal with that mess because that was tough. I honestly, I didn't think they were going to play that game and somehow enough, the NFL pulled another miracle out of its ass and they got it done. And that just shows me that um, the NFL is going to get this season done any way that they can. Um, You know, as far as my leagues go, so I'm in 35. uh, I got a lot of uh, finals, uh, final matchups before playoffs this week. Um, Monday night was crazy. I had Russell Wilson in a couple of matchups, uh, that I needed him to win for me. And then a couple I was going against. So he actually ended up under, underperforming just enough that kind of helped out. But, uh, that last second touchdown by Wentz, that Hail Mary to Richard Rogers, dude, I was beating this guy the whole week. And that last touchdown, I lost by a point. No. One point. See, I'm telling you, man, you just got to hate Carson Wentz like the rest of us, bro. I'm telling you. I Plus, his fantasy football wise, he's had some trouble there. I'm rapidly joining that club, bro, because he was freaking terrible. And, and what was the deal with that series where they brought in Jalen Hurts for second down, and then they bring in Wentz back in for third down, third and long? There's no rhythm going on there. How does that help either quarterback? Seriously, I mean, that that's one thing even the announcers would say, at least leave Hurts in there for a, a at least a drive if you're going to do that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I guess it ended up helping anyone that did have Carson Wentz fantasy football-wise because that was overall a very terrible call. But uh, speaking of, you know, how badly these past couple weeks been had for Carson Wentz, right now I know people are listening and they're trying to get themselves some winners, somebody that's going to help them get over that hump. Even though in most leagues I 100% would assume that trade deadlines are over with and you are more than likely not able to trade. But in case you are – or in case there are, you know, maybe some free agents out here, we have a perfect list for you guys to go out there and fetch these guys. Go out there and snag them up, bring them on your team like the great gems that you guys are, and help them help you get a championship in your fantasy football league to get some bragging rights. So out the gate, though, I mean, just go on straight out positions because obviously one position that scores a ton is the quarterback position. And we just talked about Carson Wentz with that rough stretch. But last, do you had any quarterbacks in there that – you see having a, a phenomenal next four weeks that could help somebody clear that hill and get themselves a W? Yeah, so, you know, the sad thing is one guy on my list is um, Carson Wentz. 
You know, his weeks 15 and 16 for your semis and finals, he gets Arizona and Dallas beatable defenses. But, you know, sadly enough, he's playing so bad. You know, I kind of am going to cross him off the list. But more than likely, he's available on your waiver wire mm-hmm. if, uh, if you're checking. But I don't know how much we want to trust that situation. But my number one guy that I'm looking at for the playoffs right now, freaking Justin Herbert. Now, you probably might not be able to get him, but – if you have him and maybe another quarterback and you're trying to figure out who you want to play, I don't think you can go wrong with Herbert. I've got one league, a big money league, that I've got Murray and Herbert. And I am seriously considering playing Herbert for these fantasy playoffs. Now, week 13, this Sunday, he's playing the Patriots. That's a little bit of a tougher matchup. But I do feel that Herbert at this point is, is matchup proof. But week 14, he's got Atlanta. They're first against quarterback points allowed. Week 15, at Las Vegas, eighth, and then Denver, week 16, your championship week. That's at home in L.A. They're 18th right now. So I think Herbert right now has, has, has the best schedule. Um, and then also uh, Jared Goff I was looking at as well. It's pretty I was nice just about there. to say that. Jared Goff. Jared Goff's a guy that I like him in, the, in that week 15. He has a, a perfect matchup against the New York Jets and how terrible they are. I also enjoy that, uh, that week 16, that championship game that uh, you were just talking about a little while ago. He plays the Seattle Seahawks, which last time around, it didn't go that well for him. He ended up with just over 10 points. But I do not see the Seahawks being able to best him twice in that matter. So for me, Jared Goff is someone that can definitely help you win that championship. He's not a guy that maybe led you to the ship. But if that's a guy that was riding your bench and you were switching on and off, I think that's a guy that could definitely close out the deal for you, especially after having to run through – Bill Belichick in that defense in week 15. And obviously this week he plays the Arizona Cardinals, another tough matchup. So we'll see how that pans out for them. But until then, I, I do have the utmost belief that Jared Goff is a guy that'll get you over that hump. But uh, let's turn things over to uh, the running back side of the world, because obviously running backs have been falling left and right. I know people are looking right now for Josh Jacobs that um, it turns out he's out for this week. Devontae Booker will be stepping up for him, but Injuries like that tend to cause a lot of chaos in the backfield because there are very limited running backs that get a lot of touches. So, Lance, what kind of key guys do you have that folks can go out there and pick up off the waivers or maybe if their leagues allows it to make some last-minute trades in order to help them get that W in the ship? Starting off, if you have Derrick Henry, we obviously know how much he killed it last weekend. This guy, if you have him on your team, and I am actually – so stupid or not maybe not stupid but I don't have him on any of my teams and a lot of it was circumstance because he was getting drafted earlier than I I thought I wanted to take him you look at his matchups week 14 Jacksonville week 15 Detroit week 16 Green Bay that's fifth first and third all with running back points allowed by defenses. So I just, if you have him, you've got to be feeling really good about yourself. But that also tells me, though, if you have Henry, you need to get his handcuff because if he does go down, you can still get that backup, which um, I want to say it's, uh, uh, is it DuVernay? Um, Is it? No, DuVernay DuVernay is a... I'm thinking of the uh, Ravens wide receiver for some reason over there. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't – I'm so sorry. I can't think off the hand. But ha- handcuff Henry if you can. Um, try to grab that because it's such a good matchup. Uh, the Cleveland running backs, Hunt and Chubb, 
They've got really good matchups. But I want to flip this a little bit too, though. Also looking at running backs that don't have good matchups. And these are guys that you drafted highly, or at least a couple of them are, that you may not want to play. Ezekiel Elliott and Miles Sanders do not have good playoff schedules. Now, Elliott, I've got him on a couple of teams. I'm in a circumstance that I've got um, – couple of backups that I can put in over him. Now, Miles Sanders, I'm in one position that I have to play him, and you may be in that situation too. But if you can look for other options, I would try to. But this third uh, combination I want to bring up is the Houston running backs. David Johnson is activated, and is, from what I read, he is going to be playing Sunday. But they got Indianapolis two of the next three weeks, and we know how tough that Indianapolis defense is. Um, so if you have David Johnson and you're excited to get him back, and Duke Johnson had a really good day, game on Thanksgiving, um, kind of temper your expectations. Uh, don't really expect David Johnson to give you the production that you might want because those, those are some tough, tough matchups. Oh, yeah. No, David Johnson, he got saved by that deep ball that uh, Deshaun Watson threw to him and he caught it in the end zone. It wasn't for that. Oh my God. Alone. I jumped up so high because I had Duke Johnson on about 12 teams and mm -hmm. he had screwed me the previous two, but I was sticking with him. I was just trying. It was, the matchup was so damn good. I mean, it was Detroit. And when he threw that little swing pass, because earlier when ProSize got that touchdown, I wanted to punch a hole through my damn TV because ProSize is a little, oh, you don't even know. But I know, I know Duke Johnson TV. redeemed it, you know? So mm -hmm. we got Dukey back in there. I was happy, had a good Thanksgiving, and it all worked out. That's great to hear. Another guy that had an awesome Thanksgiving is uh, one Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team, which it turns out that guy's going to – apparently Washington's going to keep that name, but whatever, it is what it is. But Antonio Gibson has just been on a tear as of lately. I mean, this is one guy that just doesn't seem to let up. Over the past five weeks, he has double-digit uh, points on your fantasy football team. Obviously, this week he plays the Pittsburgh Steelers, so that'll be a very tough matchup. But if you look at after that, the San Francisco 49ers, it's a beat-up defense. Playing from behind, I mean, I can see him racking up some points against the Steelers this week. The 49ers getting a very good matchup there. The Seattle Seahawks would be the very first uh, in Week 15. That's a playoff game, so that'll be another game that I can see this guy catching it for about 24 to 25 points in back-to-back -back weeks against the uh, San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. But then that Week 16 matchup, if by miracle – it happens that Christian McCaffrey is back in the real NFL world. That'll help you out fantasy football-wise, yes. But Antonio Gibson is out there trying to prove to everyone that that is his job. If you can make it with Gibson to the championship game against Carolina, I think it'll be an absolute point monstrosity out there for Gibson and McCaffrey out there just showing out one, trying to top the other one. So Gibson, I mean, that's a guy that you want to steal him. A lot of people were forgetting about him at the beginning of the season. Mid-round rookie drafted by the by that team that had Adrian Peterson at the time, but now is the time. After those three touchdowns that he just put together against Dallas, I don't see this cat letting up at all whatsoever. Even against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I still see him piecing together a, at least a 13-point game out there for for me myself. We'll see how that plays out if I'm right or wrong, but I believe in that kid right there. He's gonna save me from Memphis. But uh, let's let's move things over to the wide receiver position. Because this is another one. So many guys have been clearing boards. We just saw what Tyreek Hill did this past week. DK Metcalf with an outstanding game as well. And, I mean, these receivers are just posting up ridiculous kind of numbers. So, Lance, which one of these players do you see helping people clear the bridge, get the W, and get themselves another title in their hands? 
looking at the uh, Tampa Bay receivers, uh, they've actually got a really cake matchup starting week 14, 15, 16. They got Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. So guys like Antonio Brown, who maybe haven't been doing much lately, um, and then with so many balls to go, not so many balls to go around there in Tampa, you know, um, you might be a little worried. I, I think those three weeks, and actually, you know, you could throw in Tom Brady in that mix too with the quarterbacks. Those are two good matchups to to pass up. I think the ball is going to get spread out. But if you have Gronk, Evans, Godwin, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, I think those guys are really going to carry you. And you may have a league that someone's dropped Antonio Brown. You know, Tampa's on the bye this week. So make sure and scour those waiver wires. You may be able to to find somebody. Also, too, um, it does no good now. Again, I'm going back to Philadelphia. Philadelphia Eagles have some good wide receiver matchups, but I'm so I've cut Fulgham Rieger off all my teams. Unless it's dynasty. I've cut them. They're wasting space. I mean, Rudy, how are we going to trust any of these Eagles wide receivers, even with these great matchups? Honestly, it's tough because Rieger, I had him on my team. I had him on a couple of leagues because I was like, you know what, a rookie coming in, but the fact that Alshon Jeffrey is not cutting into some targets, it looks like Zach Ertz is coming off IR, so he'll be back on the board. And for some reason, there's another tight end not named Dallas Goddard that catches the ball and takes catches away from me. So just like you, I've honestly given up on them. And it's not because I dislike the Eagles, but it's very tough to count on them right now. And even though they have favorable matchups, I just – honestly, I it would kill me to start them over someone, even though Manny Sanders is tough to start as well. I would rather have someone in there like that, but – that Eagles thing, if Carson Wentz could turn around, I am predicting a big week for him this week against the Packers, or a little bit, you know, of a hint of, of future references. But I think these guys are going to be a little bit tough to just pinpoint which one of those guys has the big game. And I'm not personally willing to risk it to get the biscuit just yet. You got anything on the yeah, on any I, other um, um, any other receivers going on out there, Dads? Um, looking at like the worst matchups, um, it's funny enough, Seattle actually doesn't have great matchups in weeks 15 and 16. But as we know, you're locking in Lockett, you're locking in Metcalf. By the way, real quick, so on DK, you mentioned him earlier, we're talking about oh, him yeah. now. Did you see the idiot defensive coordinator for uh, the Eagles uh, Monday night? Yeah, did you – okay, so in case anybody hadn't heard this, I had to share this because this just made me laugh. So before the game, DK's warming up. Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator for the Eagles, used to be the head coach, I think, of the Lions. Yep. He goes up to freaking DK and says something to him about, you know, you're no Calvin Johnson Megatron, okay? You're, you're, not, you're not there yet. And then what does DK do? Our boy, our boy. Yeah. Yep, I love that Balls. guy. Ten catches, oh. one seventy-seven. I mean, it was ridiculous. What a monster game out there! It it hey, also hey, did it. Huh? I was just say, why are you gonna poke the bear, man? I mean, exactly. when the bear's DK, you don't poke bear DK, my friend. Not as great as he's been. Plus, he was already going into it with the mentality of the Eagles skipped me twice in that draft class, mm-hmm. even though, and they ended up going with uh, James Arcega Whiteside. So, I mean, that has to hurt. I mean, DK's like, oh, look at this chump that you have. And then, obviously, Monstar over here, Calvin Johnson 2.0, apparently. He went out there and made the Eagles pay for it, and, and he did his thing. But uh, another player I want to get into real quick is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has been phenomenal. And, I mean, putting games back-to-back, even whenever Dak was there, obviously the numbers were great. But with Andy Dalton as of late, 
And even in that game that um, what's-his-face Gilbert played, he's been pretty nice. Over the past few weeks, I mean, Amari Cooper has been a guy that you can rely on to get you some points. I think out of his last 10 games, eight of them have double-digit points, just literally killing it across the board. But this week he had a pretty nice game, six receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. The game against the Ravens and Cincinnati Bengals are both very good matchups. The one I do worry about a little bit is going to be that week 15 against the San Francisco 49ers because we do know that Richard Sherman is playing, and that is one tough cookie. We'll see how he's able to find a way to get rid of him. Maybe Dallas will play him the opposite side of him. And then the week 16 matchup will be against Philadelphia, which, as we know, last time he played Philadelphia, he was only able to grab one catch for five yards. So personally, Amari Cooper is a little bit on the fence for me. I'm, I'm not 100% how I feel about him in the playoffs, but over the next two weeks, I will definitely start him and, and go out there and have him troop and give me a W out there. But another so, question that – go ahead. Well, on Cooper, you know, so you say you like him specifically the next two weeks. Correct. I'm sitting there looking at this, this Baltimore defense, three. though. Oh, my bad. Next three. So this coming week, obviously they're playing Baltimore. Um, Baltimore, they should have a lot of their defensive guys back after COVID has passed through. I, I'll be honest. I, I don't think Cooper um, – I, I don't like the matchup this week for really any of those guys against Baltimore. With that defense, has been playing pretty good for the most part all year. You're not worried about that secondary out there uh, shutting them down? The only reason I, I like Cooper, and it's not because I think Dallas will have a good game because I think they're going to get blown out. But I think they're going to be passing so much that it's going to force Cooper to have himself at least an 8 to 10 reception game with maybe 60 to 70 yards. So the yards won't be there, but I think the catches are just going to come raining in on him because Andy Dalton knows he's going to have to pass. Ezekiel Elliott, I really do not like in this game, nor do I do with Pollard. And honestly, with C.D. Lamb, I love him to death as a, as a fan, but him and Michael Gallup right now, I just don't see the chemistry that Andy Dalton has with Good old Amari Cooper. So I think Cooper gets his points literally only on the base that they fall behind so much. And Eddie Dalton is forced to make some passes and literally just force feeds him the ball. Again, I'm predicting 10 catches, somewhere between 60 to 70 yards, nothing outrageous with the yards. But I think with the receptions, they're going to screen him slants and stuff like that just to try to move the sticks as best as possible. But, uh, one quick guy that I do want to get to, we talked about his teammate, good old DK Metcalf, and that it would be Tyler Lockett. How do you feel about this guy? Because over the past three weeks, uh, over the past six weeks, you know, he's, he's been on and off, on and off. Ever since that Arizona game where he destroyed the world, after that, this guy has become a light switch. But he does have very favorable matchups, as you talked about a little while ago, the New York Giants, the New York Jets the Washington football team and finish off against the Los Angeles Rams. So how do you see this one playing out in order for Tyler Lockett to be able to help somebody out there literally get those crunch time W's? Well, as far as, you know, the matchups go, the next two weeks are definitely good, but I'll be honest, Washington defense has been playing better. I actually got them ranked 31st Ooh. against uh, points allowed by wide receivers in fantasy. And then the Rams are 32nd. We know the Rams, you know, got a great secondary and they're shutting down guys. So 15 and 16 for your semis and finals are actually a little dicey, but mm -hmm. in this, in both cases, you know, talent is going to override everything. Now getting back to your, your, your discussion about Lockett, you can't sit him 
because the second you do, he's going to go off for 50 points. It's one of those things that, you know, I talked about in the preseason. We were talking about DK and Lockett. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you want the boomer bust guy, Lockett is your guy. You want more consistency, DK. Now, DK hasn't been the utmost consistent guy, but he's been obviously way more consistent than mm-hmm. uh, Lockett has. And DK, funny enough, he passed up Kelsey and Tyreek Hill for uh, most receiving mm-hmm. yards after Monday night, which was super awesome. Yes. But I think with both guys, you're going to play them both. You're going to hope for the best. I think Lockett's game is coming Sunday. I think Lockett is going to have a really good game. I think DK is going to get a little more uh, locked down. But I do feel like, you know, if you have both of these guys, especially Lockett, to your point, you know, the talent's going to be there. You got to play them. And if, 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 if I would rather lose playing Tyler Lockett than playing a guy like Darius Slayton because he has a better matchup. I would kill myself if, yep. if, if, if I did that. So I'll go down, I'll go down Dine. And we're going to talk about Kamara here in a little bit. But, you know, it's one of those things that what are you going to feel worse about depending on who you play? The guy with all the talent and he chokes or the other guy that's eh and then you still get burned. That's true. Which brings me to everybody, the guys like Nelson Aguilar or um, the rookie that they have. Oh my God, it's something Henry Henry Ruggs for the Raiders. Yeah, that's a team over there that obviously we saw the way they played against the Falcons, which the Falcons' defense for the most part has been a laughing stock for a good while. You know, giving up leads and stuff like that. But they came out and absolutely punched the Raiders square in the mouth. And honestly, like. Nelson Aguilar and Henry Ruggs, like you said, they're that boomer bust pick. Would either one of those guys interest you in starting anywhere down the road in the next few weeks? Over Lockett specifically, or are you talking about oh, like yes, over general? Lockett? No, not over Lockett. You know, again, you know what you were getting into. You know what you were getting into bed with when you drafted Lockett, or if he's on your keeper. You know, he's your ride or die. He's got to be because the second you sit him down. He's going to have that three-touchdown game. I mean, I think he does have about 90% of his fantasy points in about three or four games. Mm -hmm. But in those games, I guarantee you he won your matchup. So if I'm in the playoffs, there's no way I can trust a a Ruggs or an Aguilar. If if I trusted them over Lockett and I lost, I think I would deserve to – lose all of my fantasy credibility for whatever little I do have now because mm. definitely, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work my way up in this thing. But <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it. It would, it would be tough, like you said. The, the only reason I asked was because the Raiders coming up, they had the Jets this week. The Indianapolis Colts have been a good defense. But the Los Angeles Chargers are a matchup for the Raiders in week 15. And the championship game is honestly very tough. I wouldn't start any receiver against them. But the Miami Dolphins are a team that have come on with Xavier Howard leading the league in interceptions at the moment, I think. And then there's Byron Jones that, honestly, you don't want to throw his way that much because he's not allowing too many completions. But the, that that Week 15 matchup, it, it interests me a little bit with that Ruggs and, and Aguilar. It's just, you know what, that boomer bust thing. I, I would shoot myself in the face if I got eliminated and saw them on my bench with 18 points, 25 points or whatever these – Schmucks might be bring to the table, but it, it, okay. it, it, but just just to tackle on that. What was last week? Who did Oakland play? Or I'm sorry, who did the Raiders play last week? They, they played the Atlanta, yep. a cake matchup in one league. I went against Derek Carr. I went against him. I did not play him. This dude got my boy Garrett negative eight 
points based on the scoring. And that was supposed to be a cake matchup. So I think with the Raiders, as far as these receivers go, even if you think they have a good matchup, just look back to Atlanta. That was supposed to be a good matchup. Aguilar got you 7.9 points. That's more bust to me than ever Boom will ever be with that guy right now. Dude, 100%. I just, you know, them in those deep balls out of nowhere. Derek Carr likes to play games with people. But uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, we'll keep things rolling along because I know one thing that everybody wants to know about, even though we've given you some names to look forward to, hopefully that they help you out because, again, we know the playoffs are knocking on the door and we know things are going to start getting crazy right now in, the, in this next few stretch. So – We'll be going through all the games that we do every single week. Why? Because we love football, and that's exactly what we love to do around here. So we're going to kick things off out of the gate with a team that we've mentioned quite a few times now, the Atlanta Falcons, as they play host to the one person that you just said you wanted to talk to a little bit was good old Alvin Kamara and that Saints offense that has been running smooth like a criminal out there with Taysom Hill. I really feel like Henry needed to be here for this segment because he can help keep me in check. Because if it's just me and you, like I'm about to go the fuck off. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not supposed to say that. I got to be careful. But Taysom Hill can kick the biggest mother effing rock in the history of the freaking world, as well as Sean Payton. Okay. Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara was was our RB1 up until two weeks ago. He had never had a game in his entire career without a catch until two weeks ago. His whole career, he's had at least one catch. He's now had one catch in two games for negative two yards. He only got saved by the touchdown last, the week before last. And then this past week, he completely kills you. So I'm, I'm at a loss to know really what to do with him. I really feel like, you got to play him if you have him. He's gotten you to where you are. He's gotten you in the playoffs. He's earned that. But it's not his fault. It's this yep. bullshit, you know. And I, okay, Taysom Hill, the, the Roosters are coming home to hatch this Sunday, okay? Little Taysom Hill has gotten an easy matchup two weeks ago with Atlanta that has been terrible all year. Now, no, okay, I know they're playing Atlanta this Sunday, but I think things are going to change. That defense is getting a little better. But – you got an easier matchup two weeks ago against Atlanta. And then you get a, a quarterbackless Denver team that you really should have stomped more so. But you get two rushing touchdowns. That piece of trash, Latavius Murray got two touchdowns. How are you going to tell me there's four touchdowns in one game? One game, four touchdowns, and Kamara can't get one of them? You can't break me off a piece? It's the same thing like in that damn Green Bay game. Everyone got a touchdown except for Aaron Jones. Okay, oh, that's another rant. <laughs> that's oh. another rant. But – Getting back to Kamara, what you do, I think you have to suck it up. You have to play him. You hope Peyton will get his head out of his ass and get Kamara more involved because I think Sunday is going to be a more competitive game. I could be wrong, and maybe I'm wishful thinking here. But with Alvin, you have to continue to trust him no matter what and hope hope that he gets a few catches, gets in the end zone. He doesn't. Some of the teams that I have him in, I don't need him to put up RB1 numbers. I've got a good enough balanced team. If he can give me RB2 numbers, I'm happy with that. But it's tough, man. It's it's rough out there. With it Kyle. is. You know what? As soon as you said Aaron Jones, I mean, I got flashbacks. Like, I just wanted to break. <laughs> oh, my God. It was the absolute worst right there. I felt like I was going to die. But now looking on the other side, another guy that gives people a heart attack, Julio Jones. I mean, the fact him and Calvin Ridley have been so on and off this season with their injuries, it has been ridiculous. Like, absolutely 
horrible, makes you want to strangle the person next to you enjoying the game. But this office for the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, tell us a little bit more about this because honestly, I'm about fed up and about to fly out to, uh, to go to Atlanta and start fighting everybody at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. You know, it seems like Matt Ryan, we've talked about it in the past, he only really has to seem, seem to have great fantasy games when Julio is playing. And I know Julio was ruled out of practice, I think, yesterday. So his status is clearly up in the air. The one saving grace on this offense does seem to be Calvin Ridley, who I do have a lot of shares of, and, and hopefully you do too, because with Julio mm-hmm. out, he will still get the, the targets. If you're not playing um, Ridley – and Julio's out, it's a crapshoot on those other receivers on, on who you're going to who you're gonna play, Christian Blake, uh, Omid Zacchaeus. Um, you know, Hayden Hurst had a good bounce-back game last weekend after putting up the zero the week before. And you talk about another wasteland that is the tight end position this year. If you don't have Kelsey, may God help your soul because oh. it's terrible, you know. But, you know, Atlanta, last weekend, okay, Bri- uh, Gurley's out. Brian Hill gets the start. Everybody was saying to go pick him up, do waiver wire. I know we didn't get a chance to do a show last week, but I probably would have been on the Brian Hill bandwagon. But lo and behold, Edo Smith came out, and he had the good fantasy game. And he did that stuff last year um, when Devonta Freeman was, was, was out. And uh, Hill never couldn't get the job done. So I don't know why we thought that he was going to do it last weekend. So, and we don't know if Gurley's going to play Sunday or not, but right now Ridley and I think Hurts just because of the position are the only ones you can trust. I I'm hopeful that Matt Ryan will, will have a better game uh, this week, but I don't know. Um, maybe a couple more weeks, he's going to have a, a better matchup that you can maybe try and trust him, but I really would only trust him if Julio's playing. Dude, seriously, again, that, that offense has been I, – I just – I'm at a, I'm a loss for words. I, I don't want to fight there by that, but I will. Um, the next game we want to get to is, is great for the actual NFL world. Two eight and three teams, AFC fight battle over there. The uh, Cleveland Browns taking on the Tennessee Titans. And you just talked about how the Derrick Henry train, I mean, that should be one that if you're not on by now, it, it honestly hurts because I have him in one league out of like six or seven. So I, I have very little shares of him myself. But on the other side, I mean, that duo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just absolutely dominant over there. This past week, they both killed it for almost a little over 200 yards and a touchdown combined on the ground. But the one guy I want to get you real quick, Jarvis Landry. How do you feel about that game that he just had where he posted up eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars? And is he any, is he any way incapable of having the same game again or at least very similar against the Tennessee Titans defense? I mean, he, his, his point total last week basically combined his previous four weeks mm-hmm. all together. I mean, the dude came out and he balled. Um, I, think, I think that's going to happen again. The Tennessee pass defense is not great. The, they've been giving up a lot of points to fantasy wide receivers. So I definitely think it's a great matchup in general. I will touch on, though, when you hit on those, those Cleveland running backs, you know, Kareem Hunt was a little disappointing last week. The, the mm-hmm. offense as a whole was good. Hunt only got you 6.2 points. He had no catches, but he still averaged 6.2 yards per carry. So I do think still don't worry about Kareem Hunt, even though he had a little bit of a down game. Chubb is going to be Chubb, of course, too. But I think Hunt is going to be fine this week. Still fire him up as your RB, too. Um, you know, but other than Jarvis Landry, looking at those Cleveland receivers, 
Don't trust anybody else. Hodge, it looks like he's kind of taken over that wide receiver two role over Richard Higgins, but neither one of them are worth trusting. I've had a role with um, Austin uh, Hooper. I've had a role with Hooper the last couple of weeks in some of my leagues, and he's kind of bailed you out with the touchdown here or there. So I think he's viable as a, as a tight end too. Um, if you're desperate, which at that position, I feel like I'm desperate at that position, you know, every week. So, um, but you know, like I said, as far as Landry goes, man, um, fire him up this week for sure. Moving forward, let's take it on a game by game basis. But I do love him this week. What about those uh, the tight ends over there? That 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 was the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. I mean, they're just ones that I'm I'm not very too trustworthy on. And I actually like Baker Mayfield, even though he's a bit crazy. But overall, just are those is Baker Mayfield and, and those tight ends situation over there? Are they worth starting this week? I think Hooper is um, the the, uh, the Harrison Bryant. I, I don't think I can trust him uh, again. I'm happy to go with Hooper in a couple, but thinking about Baker, I don't. You can't trust him. The position's still too deep, and only if you're in the a two quarterback league and, and, and he's out there on your waiver wire and you're trying to decide between him and Mike Glennon or somebody of Jacksonville, then yeah, maybe I would go with Baker. Um, Cause it, it still is a good matchup, but good Lord Baker just, he just, he doesn't yep. look good out there, man. And There's the, a reason why Cleveland runs the ball so much. Yep. I, th- there was a play that they showed where I believe there was two crossing routes, two slants inwards, Wide open, I'm talking about it was daylight in the end zone, but Baker overthrows the guy by a mile. It was absolutely horrible to watch. Um, but moving forward, because there's literally so many games out there, the Detroit Lions will be taking on the Bears. And this is one game that me personally, I'm, I'm looking much forward to because Mitch Trubisky will be playing. And the last time he played this Detroit Lions team, he threw for over 240 yards and three touchdowns. Now, I don't see those same yardage coming back, but I see the same amount of touchdowns. I think it may be a little bit a, a little bit lower of a game scoring, so I think maybe he throws two, but I could definitely see uh, those that 200-yard mark with those three touchdowns going in there. But overall, on, on the offensive side of the ball for the Detroit Lions is where I get a little bit tripped up, and I kind of need you on this one, Lance, because on Johnson, he didn't have the best game ever out there. Adrian Peterson decides to wake up, and DeAndre Swift is just raining down with injury. So that defense, that 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 backfield for the Detroit Lions, honestly, it scares me a little bit. And I'm not sure if I can trust these guys playing against the Bears, trying to give me this win in order to get the W to try to get into the playoffs here. Yeah, I definitely – I wouldn't trust AP or, or carry on. It was – it did come out, I think, today, uh, Swift – so he's been cleared on concussion protocol, but apparently he's dealing with another illness. Um, so he's not 100% healthy, so to speak, but I don't know what that illness is. Uh, the coach did come out. Um, thank God, by the way, Matt Patricia fired. Yep. Okay. It's a bad damn time. And Okay. I'm sorry. Got another rant here. Uh, can New England coordinator stop getting damn coaching jobs outside of Brian Flores? Okay. Mm-hmm. Patricia and these other guys, you know, Mangini going back. Come on, man. Let's. It's Belichick. His assistants aren't crap, except for Brian Flores, who's doing his thing, Mr. Coach of the Year. But Patricia gone. Thank goodness. Now maybe, you know, we can open up this offense a little bit. So 
it did come out that the coach said that DeAndre Swift is going to play Sunday, but he'll probably go back to what his workload was the first few weeks of the season. And as you all remember, it wasn't much. He did a little bit, but you would only want to trust Swift as a flex play this week. Um, I think you can find worse flex options, but don't run him. Don't run him out there as your RB one or two, thinking he's going to go ahead and get you that twenty points that he did the week before he got uh, the concussion. Because I don't think he will this week. But after this week, we can see how he does. Fire him up, man. This guy could be a league winner if they use him the way we want. And I do feel like with Patricia out of there now, they are going to let this guy loose once he is fully healthy in a week or two, and he is going to go get you that championship nice oh, now what about david montgomery for the chicago bears because him and a robinson over there they had a very great game obviously robinson ended up with the two touchdowns nice game for himself but david montgomery had himself a nice century mark day over there with 100 yards on 11 carries do you see this guy continuing this streak against the detroit lions or are these guys finally just going to trip up and david montgomery's going to go back into screwing people over Bro, Monty looked so good last Sunday night. That first couple plays, he ran like a 56-yarder, just gassed the defense. I mean, he looked like the guy that I drafted last year in like the third round that I was expecting and not didn't get. As my boy Brad Evans in the fantasy industry likes to say, mandatory Montgomery, mandatory Montgomery, my friends. That was the way to roll. I like so that. this – yeah, right? I, lo I love that guy, too. So, looking at Montgomery's schedule, you know, we're talking about these playoff schedules. I love him against Detroit. I love him the next week against Houston. And then he gets Minnesota. And then week 16 in your finals, he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, if you can still trade in your league, you try to get Montgomery. If you have him, I am playing him with full confidence for the rest of this season. He looked good uh, Sunday night. I think he's ready to go. And I do think Mitchell Trubisky, oddly enough, helps him better for fantasy purposes than Foles did. I wouldn't think I would be saying this, but Trubisky makes that offense better than what Foles did. I was literally thinking the exact same thing. That's why I think Trubisky is a guy that I think he has himself a nice three-touchdown game, but – on the yards, I'm still limited to about 210, maybe something like that. But I still expect a game from good old Mitch Trubisky. Now, let's get on to the next game, which will be a game you just talked about, Brian Flores, and what a great coach that guy has been over there. And they'll be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals with obviously no Joe Burrow. And that means that running back situation for Cincinnati has also not been helpful with Joe Mixon coming in and out of the games. You never know if that guy is going to be hurt or not, but this offense obviously took a big hit in losing Joe Burrow. And now having to take on such a fierce secondary with Miami that they have over there, are any of these Bengals receivers even worth a start here? This week, I, I don't see how they can be. Obviously, you've cut or benched A.J. Green from weeks ago, unless you're Henry. He may still be hanging on to him, <laughs> hoping he can, he can play him, okay? Um, but uh, I don't think you can trust any of them. If I can trust one, maybe it's Higgins. But I think all in all, this offense is downgraded so much with Brandon Allen back there. And to think, I mean, how bad do you have to feel if you're that other quarterback um, – that they're going to go with Brandon Allen over you mm -hmm. to get through this season. That sucks, man. Finley, yeah. Finley, that sucks, man. Finley. Um, so yeah, this Miami defense is going to eat Sunday. I mean, they're going to, they're going to feast. It's going to be a buffet Bengals 
Bengals buffet out there. It's going to be get the Miami Dolphins defense if you have it. You probably can't get them because they, they're going to be taken up. But I know I'm playing them. But, no, you can't trust any of the, the Bengals wide receivers. I don't think you can trust anybody. I don't trust Giovanni Bernard. I don't trust – uh, Higgins or uh, Green or any, any of them. I just I don't see any way that you can. I think it's going to be a blowout. Miami um, is is going to get back on track. They won last week against the Jets. Now they got to win this one because they play the Chiefs. I think next week. So yep. uh, they they know this is. I hope this is not at one of those trap games. But I don't think Miami's good enough to where they can be involved in any sort of a, such a, a term at this point. They've got to earn that. No, no, definitely. But I'm 100% with you on that defense for the Miami Dolphins. I think if you honestly can find a way to steal them in some form or way or another, I think that's definitely where you want to go to because they got the New England Patriots in your week 15. And obviously, Cam Newton, you don't know what to expect from him. But you know what? I think Brian Flores can shut him out just when you need him there in playoff crunch time. And then just for a week 16 is another, you know, on-the-wall team that you honestly can't expect anything from is the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, these guys keep moving. So the Miami Dolphins defense, that, that's a team that if you can grab up that defense, it'll definitely help you secure a couple W's out there. Um, now let's keep things moving along because, again, so many games. Literally, I love football, man. I, um, if you haven't already, don't forget Instagram, Twitter, Late Round Flyers. Make sure you go out there and follow us and uh, get your questions in there. To hit us up at any time. Um, Before we jump on to the next game real quick, one thing I did want to touch on with the Dolphins, as of now, Brian Flores is not named a quarterback starter. Two is dealing with some sort of a thumb injury, which I don't know how real that is. But if you are looking for a quarterback, pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick and stash him because if at the last minute, 11 o'clock Sunday morning, we know that Fitz is the starter – this is a great matchup, and these running backs for the Dolphins are hurt, and they're going to probably be passing a lot. And Fitz don't know how many more starts he's going to get. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably air it the hell out. So Fitzpatrick is someone to fire up if we find out Sunday morning he is the starter. Oh, you know what? That's a very good tip over there. I love Ryan Fitz magic myself. I'm upset that Ryan Fitz uh, – not Ryan, uh, what's his name? Mika Fitzpatrick ended up getting the trademark on that Fitz magic thing. He's a schmuck for doing that. Nevertheless, it'll always be Ryan Fitzpatrick in my book. But, again, just keep things moving along. The Jacksonville Jaguars will go and visit the Minnesota Vikings in that Dalvin Cook squad over there has honestly been cooking up. Justin Jefferson has been on a tear for a rookie, for anybody out there. A guy that is a must-start right there. Like you said, just matchup proof at the moment. Dalvin Cook, matchup proof. These guys are here just scoring left and right. But the one guy that I do want to talk to you about, because I know you love him very much, he has he's had a few Chark weeks out there, but now will he have another one? And that is your boy DJ Chark from LSU. Yes, sir, DJ Chark, my boy, my guy. Okay, we're gonna talk him up for sure Sunday. He's now been cleared from his injury, and he, I, I think he's gonna have a good game Sunday. Okay, I won't go like when, with an outlandish prediction or anything, but I think he gets you six catches. 80 yards, and I think he gets you a touchdown. Um, you look at their receivers right now. I mean, Colin Johnson, you know, he had 19.6 fantasy points on eight targets. Um, it's an anomaly, man. You know, I don't know Sharks and Glennon's uh, chemistry, so but Glennon looked pretty good. Um, I don't, I can't, I think it's been a few years since he had thrown for more than one touchdown in a game. I mean, hell, I think the last time. He threw two touchdowns in a game. Bill Clinton was still in the White House having a good old time. You know, I mean, so 
I think Shark is a good play. Now, I wouldn't – I'm trying not to overvalue him. Plug him in as a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. But I think he has a good chance to really boom this Sunday. But at minimum, I think you can expect 15 points uh, fantasy-wise. Um, he's the only receiver I'm trusting on Jacksonville. Nice. And on the, the other side of the ball for the Minnesota Vikings, besides obviously Justin Jefferson – and um, Dalvin Cook, is Kirk Cousins someone that you're, you're willing to shoot out there and name him your starter for this week? I would. I would. You're looking at the numbers from Cousins last week. He was QB3 overall. Jacksonville is the third worst against the quarterback. And Cousins has looked good. And guess what? He gets Adam Thielen back Sunday. And uh, we know Dalvin Cook, too, is coming off that injury. He's been cleared of it. But – I think they may look to lighten his workload. They've kind of talked about not trying to overwork him because they are making this playoff push. And with a game like Jacksonville, you're not going to probably have to run him a whole lot. If Cousins is throwing the ball, uh, Kyle Rudolph, your guy Kyle Rudolph, mm -hmm. he's actually been a good plug-and-play with Irv Smith out the last couple of weeks. Irv Smith has also been ruled out for Sunday. So, again, tight end position, I'm harping on this. It's tough out there. Kyle Rudolph is someone that you can look at to pick up. I'm sure he's available as a streamer. Um, but Cousins, I really like him Sunday. He's another guy like Fitzpatrick that you can, you can plug and play. My guy, Garrett, that he played Carr last week, well, he learned his lesson. He picked up Cousins. He's playing him this week in his matchup. So um, I really do like, uh, I do like him. And I think in uh, DFS, which I don't do a lot of, um, he could be a good value there too. Nice. Uh, me personally, with Kirk Cousins, I agree. He should definitely start here. Only because, I mean, he's going to have a great game, yes. But I think this will probably be the last time I would feel comfortable starting him. After this, he has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have a very good young defense out there. The Chicago Bears, everybody knows those NFC North matchups are always tough. And he tops off at the very end of Week 16 against the New Orleans Saints. So if any game with the next month is going to strike well for good old Kirk Cousins, I think this will be the matchup against himself against the Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, we'll see what ends up cooking up for those guys. Now let's take it to the AFC South because this is another very tough matchup. The Indianapolis Colts will take a look at Deshaun Watson and that Houston, Texas team, which now has Will Fuller hurt. Well, not, not hurt. He's suspended. Uh, and Bradley Roby, their cornerback, is also suspended, both of them due to, you know, their, their stuff that they like to – put inside their bodies, man, it is what it is. You know what? Everybody has their things. But nevertheless, I mean, personally, I think T.Y. Hilton for the Indianapolis Colts, he led the team in yards with 81 this past week. And I think this week it goes up another level because the secondary for the Houston, Houston Texans is honestly just a little bit dicey out there. So me, I know a lot of people don't like T.Y. Hilton. And that's a guy that has not shown you any reason why you should start him. But this week, I think he snatches two touchdowns had himself over 100-yard games. I'll be willing to take that bad beat if you want it. Yeah, I got one for you. Give me Michael Pittman, my friend. I will okay. take Michael Pittman over T.Y. Hilton. Pittman, he had a down game last week, but my boy from a couple weeks ago, he was going on a little bit of a, a roll there. I think that picks back up Sunday. So I definitely think we need to mark down Michael Pittman versus T.Y. Hilton on the bad beat. I will take that every time because I think Hilton again was an anomaly last week. He, he had his best game of the year last week, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've loved Hilton his whole career. Like I've really enjoyed watching him play, 
But that dude is cooked. This was one game out of 12 so far that was worth anything. So, yeah, Pittman it is. Pittman it is for you. Okay, like I said, me, I'm going to take my shot with good old T.Y. because I think he's about to start getting on a pretty good stretch out here. After this week, they do play the Oakland Raiders out there. Or, again, the Las Vegas. God, I hate you. Why do you guys move the Las Vegas Raiders? Then they go back to the Texans again, but they finish off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I don't know how those receiving core you might want to put against the Steelers in the championship game. But up until then, Indianapolis does have a very good matchup for your receivers out there. But another thing I wanted to get to real quick is the rookie comes back. Taylor for the Colts is back this week. How do you see him coming back in after the success that Hines has shown? And, I mean, obviously, the the Colts just – they like to throw out different running backs every single play, it seems like. I know Wilkins is dealing with an injury. I I think he'll play, but – uh, Taylor, you know, he really came on that week before. It was a shame he got his girlfriend got uh, COVID, and then he had to had to sit out last week. Um, but yeah, I think Taylor. I'm not ready to go overboard on him yet and declare him as this top rookie running back that we all thought he might be at the beginning of the season, but baby steps, right? So uh, definitely, I think you can fire him up as an RB2 this week. Hines will definitely, I think, get sprinkled in there. I think if you have Hines, if you've been relying on him, he's more of a flex play. Um, But I think they're both playable um, in this game, Uh, but definitely Taylor – He's on the upswing, so we'll see if he can build off of what he did the previous game. Nice. And uh, with no Will Fuller out, obviously there's no Cobb because he's been out a couple weeks now with an injury. How do you see Brandon Cooks being able to perform against his defense? Because the Colts have shown that they're very nice on the defense side of the ball. And there's also that their slot receiver, I guess now their second receiver with Kiki QT, QT, I want to say his name. But those two guys, do you see them, do you see them having a very big impact in this Weak, or are they just guys that you just flex it and you hope for the best? I think, obviously, Cooks is going to get get more of the targets now. You don't love the matchup Sunday, but who else is Watson going to throw to? But I tell you, Will Fuller getting suspended like he did, and he's a free agent in the offseason, so we'll see if he signs somewhere else next mm. year if you have him in Dynasty. Uh, but, of course, he'll miss the first game of next year as well. Deshaun Watson's value takes a little bit of a hit here. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you got the tough matchups, two out of the next three weeks against the Colts, and then he just lost. So he loses Hopkins, and then he loses Fuller. And now he's throwing to Brandon Cooks. They cut Kenny Stills, and now you got Kiki Kuti. And I'll be honest, actually, the receiver that I think I'm going to actually put a little more of my eggs in his basket than than Kuti is Isaiah Coulter. Mm. Um, he's a young a young receiver that they drafted that he's, he's like, a, I think he's like, it's got a six, three build and he's got some raw talent and it's a lost season for the Texans. You know, I was laughing my butt off on that Thanksgiving game that I forget. I think it was, well, I think it was Aikman was the, on the mm-hmm. announcing team and, and him and Joe Buck. And they were like, well, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, the Texans win this game and they can get some momentum and get in the playoffs. No, they can't, dude. Look at their schedule. Look at the town. Now, this was before Fuller got mm-hmm. suspended, so I give him that. But um, Coulter, though, I think is a guy that you might want to stash if you have a deep bench because in these games, there could be some good garbage time plays. And I like him more than QT. Cooks. Um, we'll see if he can continue to stay healthy as well. We'll see what he does Sunday, but, uh, downgrade Watson. You're going to, I think you still have to play him Sunday. Um, 
But I'll be honest, if I'm looking at this first game without Fuller and a tough matchup against the Colts, if there is a Fitzpatrick or a Kirk Cousins or someone, I don't know. I might want to go with them. Now, if, if I'm in a do-or-die situation in week 13 and I have to win to get into the playoffs, I'm probably sticking with Deshaun because, again, I'm going to kick my own ass if I play Kirk Cousins and he lays an egg and Watson still gets you two, three touchdowns. Oh, yeah, no, I'll definitely think about jumping off a three-story building if that would happen to me. <laughs> um, but, but uh, yeah, Brandon Cooks, my favorite thing about him right now currently is in week 16, they play the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think that'll be, a, again, it's down the road. But if you can get into that ship with Brandon Cooks, I think that's a very big game winning to happen out there for him. So uh, let's continue moving down the road. The Las Vegas Raiders, ha, I got it right this time. Um, they'll be taking on the New York Jets, the uh, Team, honestly, that honestly, I have no idea what to expect because the way the Raiders played last week, it, it honestly showed very bad stuff. And now there's no Josh Jacobs headed into this game. Is Devontae Booker the guy that you start in this game? Or do you take your shot and maybe, the, maybe those guys decide to split everything with Jalen Richard, Richard? Richard, I don't know how they pronounce it. With the waivers being so rough out there, especially this week with running backs, uh, Henry and I picked up Booker in the podcast league. We're going to have to run him out there. Yeah, we were we were quick, I guess, right? Um, so we're going to run him out there as our RB2. So th- that's going to be a nice play if you can grab him if he hasn't been picked up yet. I do think he's, he's going to be fine. The Jets are so bad. I think Richard and Booker probably both get you points. But I think Booker is going to have the better day. So if you can get him – Grab him. I, like we talked about earlier, I don't really trust any of these receivers still. Even in a good matchup like this, I just can't see myself playing a Henry Ruggs or an Aguilar over maybe some of these other receivers that have been getting by every week, uh, getting me to the point where I'm about to make the playoffs. You know, I just can't put my fantasy playoff life in the hands of those guys. Um, you know, even the car, he's got a great matchup, but look what he did against Atlanta. Now I'd say he's going to even out. He's going to have a good game, but you know, it's bad when John Gruden comes out in the press conference last Sunday. And the first thing he says is, I'm sorry, Raider nation. Like that's, that sucks. So that does suck. uh, But Uh, you know, what what can you do uh, on the opposite side over there for the New York jets? They have a, Good old Frank Gore, obviously that guy is alive for some still reason, and he just doesn't seem to want to die in the NFL world. He's looking like Adrian Peterson. But the the backup, uh, Perrine, he's out for this game. So it, it turns out that he's not going to be playing. And honestly, Frank Gore, obviously against the, the Las Vegas Raiders, is that a guy that you want to take your shot at and start him against them? Or do you just, you know what, it's the Jets, they're terrible. Let's not even go down that road. It was Frank Gore, right? Correct. Yeah. Frank Gore. Is there a more 2020 pandemic situation <laughs> in the NFL than Kalen Balage and Frank Gore being fantasy relevant? I know Balage isn't anymore, but as of a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. Fantasy relevant. Frank Gore. This, Adam, Adam Gase is the biggest – oh, God. I, I just – can he lose his job already? Luckily, I hate the Jets, so I don't mind them being as bad as they are. But I swear, they're going to dick around. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and I hope Lawrence goes back to college. I really do. <laughs> that um, be so, so great. You know, I'm sorry. I jump off topic so easily. I'm triggered by this. Frank Gore, back to the, the core question you said. I had to pick him up in a league because I did need an RB2 because I had 
the combination of Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey. Mm. And, and I think I even had Ronald Jones. So lo and behold, stupid NFL puts bye weeks on teams in week 13. Kiss oh, my ass. I know. <laughs> so I had to pick up Frank Gore, and I am plugging him in. I mean, he got you double-digit points last week. If he's your RB2, you know, the volume is there, which is what we talk about. And let's be honest, the, the Raiders' defense isn't like, you know, threat right. level midnight, you know, like like the Bears or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, you, he's viable if you if you needed to plug him in. Uh, I don't trust any of the receivers, um, and I don't trust Sam Darnold. I don't think you can play anybody else on this team. Definitely not. Again, it's a very untrustworthy team. But let's take it over to their neighbors over there, the New York Giants, as they take out the Seattle Seahawks. We already talked about how DK and Lockett are two very, you know, different players, but you don't bench Lockett because you definitely might want to punch yourself in the mouth if he kills it on your bench. But now let's take it over for the New York Giants, who, like you say, you don't trust the receiving core for the New York Jets. These three guys with Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and uh, Golden Tate. And obviously, if you throw an Evan Ingram in there, who had himself a nice game this past week, they, they all are very – they're all possible. They have that shot of having a very good game. So of these four guys, which one of them do you think is going to be able to shine against the Seattle Seahawks defense? Or is everybody going to be able to get a piece of that pie? Well, the Seahawks defense has been a lot better mm-hmm. these last few weeks. They've really started to step it up. It's not showing in the fantasy numbers, not hugely yet, but they are starting to come around. Now, what's going to play into factor on this is, I don't think Daniel Jones is playing. He's He's been ruled doubtful right now Sunday, so I'm almost certain he's not going to play. So then uh, Colt McCoy is going to step in there. Why does Colt McCoy seem like a guy like me, Rudy, that you love? You would love this guy? I, Do you love I, I this don't, guy? I don't because I was a big Texas fan growing up, and uh, I no longer am because of uh, personal reasons. But mm. Texas, whenever they played Alabama, I just remember Colt McCoy being so loud about how great he was going to do against Alabama, getting hurt and – so early on, and then we obviously went on to lose to Alabama. So I hate Cole McCoy, and um, you know what? I'm glad his career is where it is. Okay, okay, fair enough. Well, good. I don't, I'm don't. not a big fan of him either. I think he was overrated as hell in college, but that's another story. Receivers, like you talked about, you're going to fire up Evan Ingram. He's a tight end one. Just the position, scarcity, you're going you're gonna to roll with him. Those three receivers, though, there's only one that I like, and that's Sterling Shepard. This guy has continued to be consistent. Now, after Colt McCoy went in the game last week, he did kind of pepper Golden Tate with a few extra targets. So maybe – you know, Tate steps it up a little bit, but he's not worth trusting. Sterling Shepard, though, fits in still, I think, as a nice wide receiver three. I think he'll get you five, six catches. He'll maybe get you 70, 80 yards, 14 to 16 points. Maybe you get lucky and you get a touchdown. I think this game is going to be a blowout. I think you uh, do want to play Shepard out of that group. And I think Wayne Gallman, who's been really consistent lately, talking about the running back, uh, you can get him in as an RB2 right now, even in a tough, a little tougher matchup with this with Seattle lately. I think uh, Goldman is still worth a shot playing as well if you have him. Oh, definitely, 100%. But you know what? We do have a million and one games to get to, so we do got to speed things up a little bit. I'm sorry about that, everybody. We got called from the studio that they will ship us out and not to Paris like they did with Henry because he's out there having a blast. <laughs> we'll be sent out probably to like Mexico or – somewhere in the equator, you know, it'll be somewhere where it's hot. And I don't want to do that right now, man. I like the cold. So 
We'll just keep rolling around in the next game, going with the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I need you to tell me a little about Der- uh, good old Kenyon Drake because he's had a good past few weeks now where he's been scoring, but is he going to keep this up? I think he will. I think he will. This Rams pass defense is legit. I am worried about Kyler Murray's injury, even though they say he's 100% healthy. The last two weeks have shown me otherwise, but you're talking about a great defense they're going against. So I think this could be a heavy Kenyon Drake game. He's looked good. He's been making up for the lack of passing by Kyler because of that injury. So I think Drake is going to be an RB1 this week. And I think Edmonds is an interesting flex play. Um, Receivers go. Hopkins, you're going to fire him up. Uh, You would think, though – Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Hopkins, so temper your expectations there. Christian Kirk, you expect to have a good game, but I don't know how much of the passing game you can trust. But Kenyon Drake, hell yeah, I'm all in. Nice. Uh, what about on the opposite side of that ball? Because obviously they're going to have a tough matchup with uh, the Los Angeles Rams over there. Yeah, so looking at the receivers, I think Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. you were a little disappointed in Cup last week. I mean, my God, he caught freaking like 10 balls on the first drive the week before, and then last week he gets like two catches for 40 yards. You know, I traded for the guy, and, you know, I'm hoping to get a little bit more production. And that says a lot because you know how much I don't like yep, Cup. Yep. But you know what? I'm taking a chance on him. So I think, though, this week, fire Woods and Cup back up. You'll be good to go. More so I'm focused as far as who to play is this these running backs. If they give Cam Akers more of the touches, we saw what he did last week. So if they can give him the ball, I think you're going to see some more production. It's like playing the lottery, though. You're going to have to take a chance. But I think if you want to plug him into your flex or your second flex position, you've got that option. I think you should do it, but I wouldn't trust him as more than a back-end flex right now. Nice. Uh, the next game we got going up is the Bill Belichick taking on the good old Los Angeles Chargers, a game that has been absolutely phenomenal between Justin Herbert and what he's been doing as a rookie himself. But this past week, obviously, he had the one touchdown and a pick. It wasn't very great what he did against the Bills. But Austin Eckler decided to come back in a very insane way. So that's a guy that, like you said, just start him up, let him get rolling. He's only going to get better. This New England Patriots defense is very tough, 100%, which is what actually concerns me with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out there. Me, personally, if you want to make this a bad beat, I'm not sure who which one of the two you favor, but I'm leaning more towards Mike Williams because I think Gilly Moore is going to start sticking with Keenan Allen that game. And I, I just I get the feeling that it's going to be a rough end for good old Keenan Allen while Mike Williams starts getting the better of that defense over there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll take you up on that because I'll take Keenan and, and any any bad beat right now. But to be honest, I think they are both going to not have very good games. Eckler, oh, my God, you know, what, what's that uh, that Brian McKnight song, Back at One? Oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I just feel like we are back to square one with Eck. He has injected so much life into all of the teams that I have and I know you have and our listeners out there have. Eckler is a fantasy god. I'm sorry. I love this guy. This dude comes back from an injury after two months, and he has like 13 targets. I mean, step aside, Kelly. Step aside, Jackson. Ballage. Everybody, you're gone. You're done So okay? Mm-hmm. It's the Eckler show now. So I'll take Allen versus Williams, but I think Eckler has the most productive fantasy day out of our guys. Oh, 100% over there. I mean, that guy's just been very fun to watch. Now, on the other side of the ball, obviously, they'll be taking on Bill Belichick and that uh, Patriot team over there. The offense for Cam Newton, personally, even though the Chargers aren't the greatest on defense, 
I, I, me personally, I'm not starting him. I'm, I'd rather go with the running back, Damian Williams, who, uh, who's just been absolutely killing it out there. The fact that uh, it's Damian Harris, I'm sorry, not Damian Williams. Damian Harris from Alabama, he was over there with Josh Jacobs. And uh, anyways, that's the guy that you want to start because overall this guy has just come up. He's, he's getting better every day. He's getting the most carries, so he gives you the most opportunity. And once Babelichick gets to the red zone, I think they'll be handing him the ball quite a bit and very often. And then there's Jacoby Myers, a guy that, you know what, for the New England Patriots, it's tough to get a key on which one of these receivers is going to be having himself a great day. But he's put together some decent performances. Obviously, against the Jets, he had that big game where he went almost for 170 yards. And after that, it's been 59, 38, 52. So he's not doing too great. But against the Los Angeles Chargers, I see him hitting the century mark once again. And I think that's a guy that you definitely got to go for and try to get you some W's out there because, again, maybe you do need a wild card. And Myers will definitely be the guy to get you that W, in my opinion, myself. Now, the next one, again, Lance, I need you to get, get with it. The Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz, they look to take on Aaron Rodgers in that feisty offense over there with the Packers. Yes, sir. So, Eagles, you know, I just – I don't know who you can trust. You know, I think they do need to start giving the ball to Miles Sanders more. He's your playmaker. I know he had some dropped passes, but I think you've got to go with him. He only had four points last week. But – you know, still fire him up. But the main guy I do like in this offense that I think you can trust, even with Ertz coming back, I don't think it hurts Goddard too much is Dallas Goddard. I do like him. He had 10 targets last week, seven for 75. You know, I, I, I think he's a must start. Ertz is coming back, but I think Ertz can possibly, you know, help Goddard too, because that's going to bring some of that protection over. So definitely go with Goddard. Looking at the Packers, we're going to chalk up Aaron Jones's game last week as a, as a, as a I don't even know the word. It's just a fluke. Yes, that's the word. It was a damn fluke because I swear I was watching that game and everybody was getting a damn touchdown. Yeah. I was waiting for Adam Troutman to get a damn touchdown again before Aaron Jones, right? So I definitely think you're going to fire Aaron Jones back up. But I do think Jamal Williams, though, he is a guy that you can plug in in your flex or possibly as an RB2. I got one league that I got Jones and I got Williams as the handcuff. I'm playing them both because they are both fantasy relevant right now. Um, Green Bay, Alan Lazard uh, is back now. He had the second most targets. I think he is a solid flex and a wide receiver play as well. Nice. Uh, next game we're going to the Denver Broncos. And obviously who knows or who knows at the gun is going to be insane over there. But they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Personally, for me, this is an easy one. If I'm starting anyone for the Denver Broncos, it's going to be no offense. And that's strictly because the position of tight end is very, very slim out there pickings to begin with. And But honestly, everybody else, I'm sitting. I, I don't have faith that the running game can get going with no good quarterback at the gun. The receivers, obviously, I'm not trusting if they're going to go back to Hilton or if one of those quarterbacks somehow makes it back. I'm not really sure what their health is looking like at the moment. So I'm not trusting anyone for the Denver Broncos right now. Besides, again, maybe that faint hint of just some, a little bit of no offense to help me get through it. But the Kansas City Chiefs, you know what? Henry says the best whenever he's on, start them all. Patrick Mahomes, if you can get Tyreek Hill out there, Kelsey, there's a reason why those guys are two and three in receiving yards. After that, I mean, it is literally just those three guys, you start no matter what. Clyde Edwards, you though, real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. He has been a guy that has honestly not been performing to what I expected him, and it's all because I hate Le'Veon Bell's face. But he decided to show up and started taking some of those 
uh, touches away from him. Is Clyde someone that you start this week against the Broncos? Well, he's been out of practice with an illness. Uh, as of today, he's not been practicing. So I think we need to monitor that. But, you know, you talk about Allaire. Let me – I want to pull up um, a stat real quick. So I, mean, I actually was talking to um, a friend of mine, uh, Darius, who I do a lot of fantasy with the other day. You know, we were sitting there talking about Allaire and his value and everything like that, right? And he had this perception that Allaire has not been very good this year. And when you actually go and look at the numbers – He's RB10 overall right now. That is a back-end RB1. Now, depending where you drafted him in your leagues, maybe you still expected a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. But I think all things considered, adding in Le'Veon Bell, Mahomes killing it like he does, um, that's still pretty good. So that's enough, though, for me to trust him Sunday if he does play. Um, if he doesn't, maybe you have Bell and you want to trust him. But I'll be honest, if LR don't play, I don't know if I even want to play Bell because they've been throwing the ball so much and having so much success. I just don't know if you want to trust that. But if Alaire's in, I'm trusting him now, and I'm trusting him the remainder of the season. They've got Denver this week, at Miami, at New Orleans, and then week 16, home against Atlanta. So I think we can put to bed, though, the Alaire – underperforming this year because when you actually look at it he's been doing just fine he's been handling his business hopefully he continues that this week against the denver broncos um the washington football team and the pittsburgh steelers decided to do a battle out there and that pittsburgh all defense offense everybody didn't look that great against the baltimore ravens this past wednesday yes football on a wednesday what a phenomenal thing it was even though it was at 240 i mean i was literally just clocking into work i hate you guys for that but nonetheless that, that game right there is very interesting to me. Again, I have Gibson having, having himself a very nice game. But Terry McLaurin, do you think is the guy that you plug here no matter what? Is he matchup proof officially? I think McLaurin has proven himself to be matchup proof. You know, every receiver is going to have some ups and downs, but he's still the alpha receiver in this offense. And um, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving Day game or the week before that, but he made one of those DK Metcalf type plays, right? Where mm -hmm. there was an interception and he came back and like tackled the dude. I think that's what I'm thinking of, right? Oh, or maybe, uh, maybe it was somebody else. Well, I, sorry. I, I love McLaurin though in general. I think he is a wide receiver one the rest of the season. Definitely plug him in. A guy to look out for for Sunday, though, even though he had a down week on Thanksgiving, is J.D. McKissick. Mm -hmm. You know, we expect Washington to be down and down, bound a lot and down yes. early in this game. That's McKissick's specialty, man, because then they're going to dink and dunk him, him, him some of these balls. So I hope it didn't take away too much from Gibson. But I think it was Ron Rivera came out, and he did say that Gibson has only begun – to touch the receiving ability in this offense. So maybe that might mean Gibson gets more of those catches than McKissick. But if you're in a pinch, McKissick can plug in as a flex that I would definitely feel comfortable with, but only if you're in PPR. Oh, definitely. And PPR, that, that's definitely a guy that you want to have on your team and uh, hopefully get you some extra good Ws out there. Now, uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers side of the world, James Conner, obviously, you know, he has that – injury it's, it's preventing him from going into the game is Snell someone that you started here no matter what if Connor's out yes 
Um, if Connor does come back, I, I don't think you can trust Snell. But as of now, Connor's still on that list, so it's not looking good for him to play. So I think you do like Snell just because of the volume. McFarland, uh, I think it's McFarland that's, that's, that's out there too, the other running back, but they just seem to trust Snell a little mm-hmm. bit more. So, yeah, I definitely think you would fire him up, and I think you're good to go to go ahead and play all of your Pittsburgh receivers in this game as well. Nice. Um, next game we get to real quick, the Buffalo Bills take on the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is a guy that you start no matter what because of the season that he's having. Josh Allen has been phenomenal. And uh, that backfield, though, I mean, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, any one of these guys, are any one of them touching your starting um, starting leagues over there? The Bills do seem like they're they're running the ball a little bit more. I mean, Singletary – while he didn't get you a ton of fantasy points, he didn't have that bad of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Moss, I, I, I just don't know if I can trust them for fantasy playoffs right now this late in the game. I, I, I just don't know if I can. One guy on the Buffalo offense, though, that you want to look at, John Brown is on IR. Gabriel Davis got you 16.9 points last week. Um, he kind of overstepped Cole Beasley in a sense because I thought Beasley was the play last week, mm-hmm. and he's a little disappointed, but – Gabriel Davis is a young receiver. I think he's a rookie that uh, Josh Allen does seem to, to like. So you might pick him up, and he's a good plug-and-play. Again, if you're kind of desperate for a flex or you need someone. But uh, other than that, I think Diggs and Beasley I'm fully trusting. And, of course, Josh Allen, but nobody else. What about on that uh, 49ers side of the ball? Because obviously Raheem Moster and Wilson are out there, and obviously they're splitting some carries. But Debo Samuel has been – I think that's the guy that you start right there, the way he play, he's been playing. But that backfield running back-wise, which one of those guys are you going with? You got to go with Mostert. You know, he's healthy. It looked like they were easing him in last week, so he didn't get a ton of carries. But he, he, he got you, you know, what you needed out of that, that RB2 spot. So I think definitely uh, Mostert is my, is my guy to go with. McKinnon at this point, it pains me to say he's droppable. Um, you know, Jeff Wilson's out there. Tevin Coleman is probably coming back soon, but damn, you know, I missed the boat on Debo. I should have tried trading for him a few weeks ago when his value was nothing. This dude, if you have him, he's another guy that is going to get on fire and is going to win you your damn ship. If you got Derrick Henry and Debo, you may just wrap it up already. Yeah, seriously. I mean, the way those guys have been playing absolutely crazy for those guys. Uh, now for the Tuesday night game, which is, again, very odd for a Tuesday night game, but COVID has done this to us. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Washington – well, not the Washington – the Baltimore Ravens in a Tuesday night matchup, which honestly it promises to be a little bit insane. It will, if Lamar Jackson comes back, if he doesn't, then they're going to go to a third-string quarterback because I think RG3 is still hurt. I don't know how that affects him, but let me know what you think because Hollywood Brown looked like he may be on the comeback after having himself a pretty good game this past week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, no, I'm out. I, I, this, is, this, is, this is false COVID advertising with Marquise Brown, okay? It was just the, the circumstances of this game. I, I, I just, no, I, I, I can't be in on that. Um, I'm curious. I think Lamar is going to be playing this, this game. I think he's about to get cleared on the COVID list, which would be nice. Um, but I think this game is going to be a blowout. Lamar, if he plays, Henry's going to love this. Lamar is going to be a top three quarterback this week. I, I would really b- believe in that. He's going to be – now, granted, we don't know the COVID it took a toll on his body, but he had a week away from football, or two mm-hmm. weeks away from football. So maybe you hope he's, he's rested 
from that aspect. But again, no COVID experience myself, so I don't want to speak too much on that. But the matchup alone, Cowboys need to just throw it in. You know, you get trampled by Washington on that national TV game. Just play for a high draft pick at this point, boys, and just wait for Dak to save you you next year. But uh, I don't trust any of these Ravens receivers. I just trust. Uh, I'm hoping Dobbins is going to be off the COVID list. Yep, he's this good man, right now. He's good to go. He is. Okay, so this is my guy right here because, you know, me and Henry have him in the podcast league. I just have been dying to fire him up as our RB2 slash RB1 if they're going to give him that volume. So I think he's going to eat. He's going to be a top 10 running back play. Um, so him and Lamar, I'm, I'm fully trusting, but nobody else on that offense. No, 100%. No, but on the Dallas Cowboys side of the ball, on the Dallas Cowboys side of the ball, Again, I'm not with Ezekiel Elliott on this one. I think this is a very bad game for them. Dallas will not be ahead, so they won't be able to run the ball too much, and they're going to rip through that offensive line, which is now missing Zach Martin, uh, Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, um, Cam Irvin, tackle after tackle after tackle. I mean, Dallas's offensive line is just completely brutal right now, so Ezekiel Elliott, I don't see him having a good game whatsoever. Cooper, again, I'm predicting 10 catches. Not a ton of yards, but I think it'll just be absolutely force fed to him. Everybody else, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Matty Dalton, even though he has seen the Baltimore defense plenty of times during his Cincinnati career. But again, hopefully these teams help you out. If you haven't already, make sure you go to Twitter, Instagram, late round flyers. That's where you can find myself, RDA, Lance, whose voice you've been hearing lately, and Henry, even though he's in Paris, he can still has he still has the internet out there. I'm not sure what they call it in French or whatever they speak down that way. But he still has the internet. He'll be able to see what you guys are talking about. But let's get to the final segment of the day, the greatest segment of the history of this planet. We are talking about the fantasy fish. Hey, boys and girls, the podfather, the fantasy podfather is back. Did you miss me? You know, I was wondering, Henry's not here tonight, so now that you explained it, Rudy, he went out to give me some of my meatballs, and I think he went to the Olive Garden, and he got stuck waiting for a table, and he's still there. I don't know. I don't know. I love the Olive Garden. No, I shouldn't be saying that because I'm a natural Italiano, but that Olive Garden lasagna is something else, my friend. Anyways, so talking about who's going to be not good this week with a fantasy fish, it's going to be a little guy called Brandon Cooks. He's now the number one receiver in Houston, and that's great in finding Danny, but this Sunday, his goose is cooked. They are facing this tough Colts defense. I think the Cooks will not be able to handle the pressure. He's going to finish outside the top 24 rankings. Maybe he has three catches for 35 yards, I don't know. And as a side note, Rudy, you've been talking up Amari Cooper so much. He's a fish too this week. Oh! Okay, he's going down. So I didn't, that, that's, I completely improv that one. I wasn't going to, but there it is. And there you go. Enjoy. Two fantasy fishies and one of them. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this sucks. You know what? We're just going to have to end the show, man. I'm going to cry somewhere. But uh, again, don't forget, guys. Hopefully these tips help you out. Don't forget, do not start Amari Cooper or Brandon Cooks, according to the Fantasy Podfather. He is the best of the best, so I will take his advice over mine. 
Make sure you guys, again, go follow us on Instagram, Late Round Flyers. Hit the follow button. Give us a message. We'll make sure to tune in with you guys. We love connecting. We love talking about fantasy football all day, every day. Best of luck in your last week of the regular season or your second to last, depending on how your league works. Until then, don't forget to tune in next week. Henry gets back sometime on Monday. I don't know how those uh, people at the at, – at, at, like their version of the Border Patrol, I forgot what you call them. But we'll see how they treat them on trying to get back to the United States of America. Until then, from Lance, myself, RDA, we'll catch you guys next time. Stay safe. Be good. Stay away from COVID, obviously. And again, get some W. We'll catch you guys next week. Make those playoffs. Woo!